We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast. Uh, my name is Steven, and I am the host, as always, coming to you live after the Chargers lose another close game at the hands of the Cowboys. Felt like the exact same script as the last time the Chargers and Cowboys played each other. Uh, this one just happened to be on Monday Night Football. So uh, we'll talk into we'll talk about everything from tonight uh, as much as we can. Uh, it is 9 p.m. on the uh, West Coast, so if you're an East Coaster, appreciate you staying up to uh, listen to the show. Uh, Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing tonight? Um, about as unhappy as I could be after a loss, to be completely honest. And it was only a small loss against, a, I think, a pretty decent team, pretty good team. Um, couldn't be much unhappier. That was ugly, and that post-game comment from Brandon Staley is not making me happy. Yeah, I uh, I don't know if it's it's my internet or or what it feels like we, it feels like we got a, a little lag going on, but uh, hopefully that uh, gets corrected. So um, we'll dive into a lot of stuff, um, lots of frustration. The chat uh, was popping before we even logged on. I can feel the frustration and angst from from you guys in the chat. So hopefully we'll uh, work through some things together tonight. So a um, lot of things to take away. You know, I, I think we could start in, in any number of of directions from. A coaching standpoint from a player standpoint i think for me personally i think the most frustrating aspect of this game are the same issues popping up over and over again and this is you know week six in the nfl you're you're coming off of a bye and to see the same things constantly causing the chargers problems is really really frustrating and this is an issue across the board this is a Brandon Staley issue. This is a Kellen Moore issue. This is a Justin Herbert issue. This is an offensive line issue. This is everybody. You know, everybody tries to place blame after a loss, and I get it. People are saying this is all on Justin Herbert 
or this is all on the offensive line. The reality is that this is a layered loss for the Chargers because there were so many different problems. You have the third down penalties, again, constantly rearing their ugly head in the worst possible moments. You have a third and 19, and you give up a five-yard penalty, which is automatically a first down. You know, you have all these key issues. You have uh, third and six, and Tony Pollard breaks loose for a a 65-yard catch and run. You know, the offense has really struggled to protect Justin Herbert in key moments because Kellen Moore likes to trust his five guys, and I get it. He leaves them on an island, but there's no chip help. There's no sliding under the protection. There's no plan. It's just go one-on-one and win, and that was an issue tonight. You know, you have the inconsistencies from J.K. Scott is another thing. You have a 38-yard punt after from, from midfield. Just the same issues popping up over and over and over again. And it's things that they struggled with against Miami. It's things they struggled with against Tennessee. It's things they have struggled with all season long. And that's why the Chargers are, are two and three right now, in my opinion. This team has, you know, not performed well in key moments. That's really what it comes down to. You know, they, they have done well on the defensive side against the Vikings and against the Raiders, but from a consistency standpoint, from a down-to-down, week-to-week, situation-to-situation, this team is not consistent enough to win football games in the NFL, and that, to me, is why they are 2-3. and There are other issues we can talk about, but the lack of consistency is my biggest frustration right now because this is coming off of a bye week where presumably you self-scout, you have all these conversations about what's working, what's not working, and the same issues are popping up over and over and over again. And that to me is the biggest frustration right now. You nailed it. That's about as well as I could have said it. And to clarify, um, and believe this is kind of part of the issue as well. You talked about self-scouting. I don't know the whole context of the quote. I did not listen to the press conference in full. I drove here immediately to, (laughs) to record. And the, the comment that has me, perplexed and frustrated is that after this loss and what we saw you know brandon saley gets on the podium and says the chargers are one of the top third down defenses in the league and to me that's just a a poor reading of the room and the situation and frankly i'm not entirely sure that's even true and it's it's objectively not true right so which automatically tells me that the self-scouting during the buy was not uncovering or fixing whatever the issues were and, and currently are. At least, you know, that maybe it's a, more of a defensive thing. But penalties, I mean, at some point, you have to look at your superstar high-paid safety and go, dude, look, I know that I wish you could play like you want to play. I wish you could be as aggressive and ferocious as you were your rookie year, but you got to reel those back in and, and you in particular like Joey, because not only are they going to call it anyway in the NFL, but they're calling it more on you. Yep. And clearly it seems that no one has gotten to the players or Derwin and gone, dude, you, you got to stop doing these penalties and here's how we can correct them. Again, walks up to the podium and says, we're, a, we're one of the best third down defenses in the league, which is just, I can't, I can't believe that that was said. And I, I think the media, Daniel Popper, is going to have a field day with that one because that's a rock quote to throw out there. Uh, uh, I'm, it's funny you mentioned Daniel Popper. He was the one who asked the question. And the question specifically was like, how do you stop these third downs from happening again? And that was his, his response. <laughs> you say stuff like that maybe after a win. You don't say that after a loss. Where and you, <laughs> I'm, I'm at a loss for words. But yeah, like we talked about on the preview, you know, of the game itself, the day before the game, you know, on the Chargers channel, you name it. We talked about all the things we'd like to see, all the things the Chargers can do moving forward, what we'd like to see changed, and what was changed, what was different, what was fixed. Like again, this is a Cowboys team coming off of a primetime loss against the 49ers, by all accounts beat up, versus a Chargers team. Yes, some guys are coming back from injury, but they had so much time to sit and think and plan and implement and and assess and scaffold and build and support 
and get their players and their team ready to go. And the penalties were still there. The protection was not great. And unfortunately, when it was great, Herbert was off. There was no involvement with Quentin Johnson. J.K. Scott still had an issue with punts. Thank God for Jaw Taylor and his ability on special teams, which was like kind of the only thing that worked and with intention throughout the entire night. Rough. Just absolutely rough. Um, you know, we can go any yeah. one particular direction, but I share your frustrations. We were looking for anything to get fixed, any X factor, any storyline, any change. Yeah. And nothing really was. I mean, thank goodness Rashawn Slater had a pretty solid day overall against the, the edge rushers. Otherwise, this would have been terrible. Yeah, just uh, circling back to the third down conversation. It, if you eliminate penalties, Brandon Staley is correct. If you eliminate penalties, the Chargers have allowed conversions on third down of at 31.9% before today. This is written by Daniel Popper because uh, I wanted to get this correct. So before today... The Chargers had allowed conversions on 31.9% of their third downs if you take away penalties, because technically penalties don't count for plays, right? Um, if you count the penalties before today, again, before today, where there were several other third down penalties, the Chargers had six conversion penalties on third down um, in the first four weeks of the season. If you factor in those third down penalties, the Chargers' third down conversion rate on defense rises to 39.6%. Again, this was before today. League average is 39.7. So that that's the thing here, is that when they don't commit a penalty, yes, the third down defense is has been good. The problem is that they are committing penalties at an exponential rate. Like, this is, it's ridiculous. I thought some of the penalties tonight were really, really ticky-tacky yes. overall. I thought these mm -hmm. referees were atrocious. Um, I thought like the holding penalty on Zion Johnson was ridiculous. I didn't know you could commit a holding penalty with your leg. Um, but it's just, it was really frustrating to watch as a general football fan. Like if, if my favorite team was not playing in this game, I would have turned it off. Like this was not a fun football game to watch because of the referees. Um, that being said, you have to make adjustments as a player. You know, you have to be able to adjust to what is being called. You bring up Derwin James, you know, you have to adjust your launch point. You have to figure out a way to play differently because of the way you are being officiated. It's part of your job description as a player. And it's part of the coach's jobs to figure out a way to communicate that message properly. And you mentioned Joey Bosa, like the, the offside stuff that has plagued Joey Bosa forever. Like you have to figure it out. I'm sorry. You have to figure it out. So it, it's just... It's so frustrating to see these same issues pop up over and over and over again. And that, to me, is why the Chargers are 2-3 and three in general. Now, this specific game, I'm, I know that there's a lot of Herbert talk, but this was also Kellen Moore's worst game of the season, in my opinion, too. And I didn't love how he came out with the script, and it was rollouts, it was RPOs, it was a screen... And you had motion with, with Darius Davis. You had motion with Keenan Allen. I watched that first drive, and I was like, they're going to hang 40 on these cats tonight, and this is going to be awesome. And then it's like do a lot of duo. It's a lot of like traditional dropbacks. It's, this was a frustrating Kellen Moore game. I've been very positive about Kellen Moore. I think overall he's done a lot of really good things for the Chargers offense. But I didn't love the game plan tonight. You know, he had this great script. It worked great. And then he totally, completely abandoned it. And that allowed the Dallas pass rush to feast. Like, if you want to talk about like, the very specific reason why the Chargers lost, it was that the Cowboys defensive line was constantly getting after Justin Herbert. And part of that, a very large part of that, falls on Kellen Moore's shoulders, in my opinion. Yeah, like you said, the first drive was great everything worked you know clear rollouts you know we're getting the ball to gerald everett like oh here we go like that's perfect there was a high low there i forget it must have been the running back or or somebody else but there's some sort of high low option you know pick on the linebackers pick on these slot corners or whatever and, and force these guys to be wrong goes with everett picks up a first down great you know we call a screen it gets called back hey call another one it's blocked beautifully everything's great you know they score on that drive Everything works wonderfully. I mean, they had, you know, that Keenan Allen play, the defense had no idea what to do. And anytime you see the defense going, I have no idea what to do, and someone's wide open like that, 
<laughs> you called the right play and you confused yeah. them for something. You showed something different, whatever it is. And then I don't know what happened. It, it just seemed like let's keep Herbert. I mean, thankfully, Herbert was able to run a little bit, but it seemed just like straight drop back. Let's run it. And I was just surprised. Yeah. And I don't know if they just expected at some point Herbert would click and that Herbert would just make the throws. But it felt like early on, you could tell after that drive that Herbert was just off. Because I think after that touchdown drive, there was, and I didn't see a replay, so I, I don't know what happened. But Troy Aikman said that there was Darius Davis in the flat, wide open yep. on a third down, didn't go that way. Next drive, third down, Josh Palmer's running a shallow crosser or whatever, didn't even look his way. Wide open, third down, have to punt. You know, so clearly there was something going on. And you could tell pretty early on. I think fans, by the time the first quarter was wrapping up, were going, Herbert's a little bit off. Like, things need to settle down. 100%. How can we do that? And it just never felt like they wanted to find a way to get him settled. It was just, okay, Herbert's going to hit this at some point. You know, on the flip side, there were there was a Darius Davis open in the flat. There was a Josh Palmer open on third down. Twice Keenan Allen was wide open. And if Slater held it for half a second longer... Quentin Johnson has a 40, 50 yard bomb, you know, running a corner or whatever it was, or a post. That's very so, fair. You know, there was also some of that too. I get like just everything on offense wasn't meshing together. It was really unfortunate. If if more worked and the line worked, Herbert missed. If Herbert was on and more was on, the line missed. Like there was just one component that's always messed up in those sequences and just made it made it rough. And so when the protection's not holding up, your quarterback's not comfortable, or you're not calling plays, and you really only put up you know, 17 points. And you thank goodness that the jaw Taylor stopped, you know, made that play again to give you another touchdown because the Chargers probably had like 13 points tonight, 10 points. If they don't get that last thing from jaw Taylor to set them up so early, or if the defense doesn't set them up for a couple of good, you know, easy field, easy drives and stuff like that. So um, yeah, failed it all around. So when when all that's happening, it, it does fall on the offensive coordinator. Although again, Herbert was, it was not a good game from him either. No, it wasn't. It, this was, when I I know the finger thing is, is going to be what some people point out to. I don't, I don't think the finger was really the problem. I think the problem was the Dallas Cowboys pressure getting after him. And it really affected mm-hmm. him to a similar way that it has in the past years. And, and Herbert is human. You know, he traditionally is, is very, very good against the pressure, but when you're under pressure, I'm going to guess like 60% of your dropbacks, like it's going to get to you. Of course it is. You know, when he had time, he made some beautiful throws. You know, the 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 deep over to Joshua Palmer was a great throw. Um, he had the the third and fourteen to to Keenan Allen that probably should have been a first down to the rest of you know an inch short or whatever. But when you're just under pressure that much, it's it's a problem. And so it it's it, it is on the offensive coordinator. Like I think that there are times where he should be you know dialing up some max protect, you know, to, to get him going, dialing up some screens to get him going. I think for me, the biggest criticism that I have of, of Kellen Moore so far is when things get kind of in a lull, he doesn't really know how to get back into a rhythm or to, he doesn't know how to like push the buttons the right way to get back into a rhythm. And, you know, if you watch like Ben Johnson, or if you watch Kyle Shanahan, like one thing that they do great is that, okay, we have a couple three and outs, like let's get some easy throws, let's get some easy runs and let's get going, let's get in a rhythm. I don't think we really see that from Kellen Moore too often. I think he's just like, these These are the plays I want to run, this is what I'm going to run. And like I said, for the most part, Kellen Moore is a, is a fantastic offensive coordinator. He's been a, a tremendous addition to this team and his coaching staff. But tonight, I think we saw some of his, his issues pop up and that was obviously compounded by Justin Herbert's probably worst game of his career, maybe at least since his rookie season against Miami. Yeah, a lot, lot of rough rookie season moments. Um, I'm trying to think. It's certainly one of the worst ones I can remember in recent memory. You know, even if you want to throw some shade at the Jaguars game because of the way it ended, at least the first half was, you know, they put up a ton of points. Yeah. Um, granted, the defense helped out there. Yeah, there. <laughs> they aren't able to get anybody going and it really just is unfortunate that we're at a point where if like if Keenan Allen goes down in this game, what is their plan? What is their yeah. identity past that? I don't know. You know, 
very different. And I think McDaniel's much more established and has been over there for a while and has very different kinds of players. But, you know, they, they miss a, a running back or if they're not getting things, Tyreek Hill, although they do every freaking game, <laughs> they can get the run game going in different way. They have other options to do this. Um, motion, whatever you name it. Like, they have other ways to get things going. And the Chargers right now, that Herbert Keenan connection typically is awesome. And if that's not there, this offense goes, I have no idea what else I'm going to do. You know, where where is that kind of, where is Gerald Everett in these situations? Or, you know, yeah. where's Quentin Johnson in these situations? If you want to throw screens, and this this pass rush is getting your, your quarterback rattled, I got a great suggestion for you that we've been suggesting since, you know, week zero. Throw a screen to Quentin Johnson, man. Like, how can you not throw it at this point once to Quentin Johnson as a, as a screen? Easy button. Easy peasy. You ain't got to run a route. Nothing. Yeah. You catch the football. You go that way. And you know what? Even if you're a, a terrible bust wide receiver in the future, I don't know. But you know what you can do? You can catch a screen and go forward. That does not require a dynamic route tree. You know, if he's not ready to be that guy yet, do that. So, yeah, they just they have nothing going for them right now outside of, you know, Keenan. Maybe when Eckler gets healthier, they have a bit more of a run game. But then the offensive line's got to play, too. So, yeah, frustrating, frustrating, frustrating there's a lot of hate going on in the chat and on social media for Joshua Palmer tonight. And I, for what? <laughs> I, I don't understand this at all. He has four catches, 60 yards tonight. Uh, and he had two other catches, both of 15 plus yards that were negated by penalties. Um, you know, he had a touchdown on the first drive of the game that was negated by a penalty. Joshua Palmer played awesome tonight. Like, I, I don't understand like why people are mad about at Joshua Palmer. Like I thought Palmer was great tonight. I thought Keenan Allen for the most part was really good, really good tonight. Those two, I think are like, you trust them. Right. But when you're in these kind of lulls, like you got to manufacture, manufacture touches for your, for your key playmakers. And obviously you're doing that with Keenan and Palmer, but um, you know, I mentioned Darius Davis as my X factor tonight because I felt like those were the way that they were using him mm-hmm. would have caused, some problems for the Cowboys. He didn't have a single touch tonight. He he played two snaps total, uh, according to Arjun. You know, two snaps mm-hmm. for Darius Davis, ten snaps for Keelan Doss. Like I don't, I don't understand that plan. Uh, zero touches for Quentin Johnston. I definitely don't understand that cha- that plan. Um, some of that is obviously the protection. Some of that is is Justin. Some of that is 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 Quentin. Um, but Troy Aikman pointed out like two or three times that Quentin was open and production didn't hold up or you know justin came off of him too early which shocker has been the case um so it's just it, it feels so keenan centric and tonight austin eckler centric too you know there were eckler had four catches and i think herbert was targeting him on like three or four other times too mm-hmm. so it's i understand like you want to get the, the ball in the hands of your elite playmakers i get it but at the same time like you got to you got to work some of the other guys back in here too. And I think that would have helped make things easier for everybody. Yeah. Or, or you, you know, you trade for Justin Jefferson and then everybody else you don't spend any picks <laughs> on. Like, like if that's, if that's your goal, you don't spend a first rounder on a wide receiver. Like if your yeah. goal is to just feature the one guy and I guess Mike Williams would have been part of this equation too, of course. Yeah. Then like, don't spend a first rounder on the guy again. Very, very strange. Um, yeah, the whole Josh Palmer thing. I, he probably would have had 100 yards tonight in a touchdown. You know, I, I think he was awesome. I think he caught everything thrown his way. Um, yeah. That was catchable that I can recall. A couple of difficult ones. Um, played well. You know, that's that screen that was a touchdown, broke a tackle or, or spun out of a tackle. Would have been a huge play. You know, he, he stepped up. Stepped up the previous week. Had another 60 yards this week. Again, it's not 150. But, again, he's not Justin Jefferson. He's not Mike Williams. He's not Keenan Allen. But, you know, 60 with two big plays called back, some yeah. good ones, you know, I'll take it. Unfortunately, the the, the penalties kind of killed them there, too. Yeah, I don't I don't understand why people continually hate on Joshua Palmer. He's a good player. Like, yeah, he's he's not Mike Williams. Like, I think that's OK. Like, he's he's a good, solid player. And frankly, like he's he's keeping a lot of their pass offense afloat right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like. I would have hoped that coming out of the bye week again, that you would have said, Hey, like this first round pick or fourth round pick, they're both really fast. They can both get after the pass after, after the catch, let's get them involved some and uh, zero touches for both is, is a head scratcher. 
Um, let's shift gears here and talk a little bit more about the defense. I, I think if you like, when I go back and watch this film, I think I'm going to see a defensive line that played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like I, I thought for the most part, they, they handled their business against Tony Pollard. I thought they rushed well when given the chances. This game plan was so frustrating to watch. Like we, we talked all week long heading up to this game the Cowboys want to do rhythm and precision and short intermediate passing games. And the corners are consistently like 12 to 14 yards off the ball. You know, it's a third and six and, and Asante Sammy Jr. And Michael, Michael Davis are both 12 yards off the ball. I, I don't understand the approach of why we are so far off the ball on third and mediums. And, and Arjun pointed this out. It, it directly led to like six or seven conversions tonight. So I just, I, I thought the, the the defensive plan and the secondary performances really wasted a, a quality defensive line performance tonight. I don't understand why this game was the game they chose to play off as much as they did. And I, I really need someone far superior in their football knowledge and scheme <laughs> to explain to me why this was the case. Because the, the whole thing, you watched the film, I watched it, we looked at the numbers, yeah, everything. What do they not do? They're not throwing it down the field. Dak Prescott was averaging like six and a half yards of target at yes. air yards, like yes. ridiculously low, like lower like, than Justin Herbert last year. Yeah. I mean, it was basically run for two yards, run for two yards. Again, credit the defensive line and the linebackers for this one and then throw a slant or a curl. And they're playing like 12 yards away from the receiver. And I'm like, they don't throw it down the field. They'll do it twice. Like they'll take a couple of shots, but it's like two, maybe. And even then, Gallup, you know, the ball goes right through his hands. Like, it is just, it hasn't worked. You know, we talked about Brandon Cooks. They try to get him the ball down the field. It never works. Maybe Turpin gets one. But otherwise, you know, you're hoping that your secondary, which has not been a great tackling unit, which is also Don Alohi Gilman as is, you're hoping that that unit that can't tackle very well can chop their feet and drive and tackle these guys playing you know, five yards off of them by the time they catch the football. I don't get it. I mean, the, the, Mike McCarthy, like this offense is basically this. It was third and 10 and their throw, like CD Lamb or whoever it was, it was a, it was like a seven yard comeback or whatever it yeah. was. And like, that's, that's their offense. Like they don't like, they're not even running 10 yards and then doing the comeback. It was like, let's get seven yards, come back. It was a pick of six or whatever it was. And like, that's their offense. And the Chargers decided to play way off. And hope that their defense, the secondary who does not tackle well, can go tackle. Oh, and how'd that turn out? <laughs> it didn't turn out very well. Um, I don't get it. You know, if you tell me you do this against the Dolphins, fine. You know, if you're like, okay, sure. hey, listen, dude, <laughs> these guys are fast. <laughs> and we just like, you know, we're not going to get beat for 40. All right. We lose this game. We're losing because Tyreek Hill beat us on curl routes. And Jalen Waddle beat us on slants. Yeah. Fine. You know, I get that. But this team doesn't throw well i guess the dolphins don't exactly always throw deep either but they have the capacity to and the willingness to the the cowboys not so much again we went the entire week the reason we picked them to win is we watched the offense and went this team ain't throwing it deep at all and the defense went out there and the game plan was let's protect the deep ball and it's like dude (laughs) what are you doing you know i get not wanting to give up explosive plays i don't want you to give those up either you know and then you're watching you know michael davis play and you know it's you know curl come back whatever catch 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 first on first down miss tackle miss tackle then he plays up close and he gets two pass breakups yeah and it's like that looks really right. good right you know asante samuel jr that's kind of what he can do and they're just playing him way back like it's prevent defense and a gus bradley defense like i don't i didn't get that that was extremely frustrating because that's i don't know what they thought the cowboys were going to do but the, like did, did cd lamb get a deep target tonight you know, were they were they throwing bombs down the field? I don't think so. And yet just it was slant and curl and they were playing way off. The whole thing was just like whatever. But at least they're a good third down defense. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I sit there and I watch Michael Davis and he and he's pressing and he's physical and that's where he's comfortable. You know, we had Ted mm-hmm. Wynn on the show in the summer and that's what he highlighted. That Michael Davis was one of the better press coverage physical corners at the end of last season. And like that was what was allowing the Chargers to be more successful against the pass at the end of last season. 
And then tonight, he, he like you mentioned, he's he's pressing CD, he's pressing Michael Gallup, he gets a couple pass breakups, and then it's okay, ten yards back there now. It was it was frustrating. And against this team, like you have to adapt to who you're playing, you know. And, and your dad just points out the Chargers play two high shells like all the time. Like there's no reason why your why your cornerbacks are also at 14 yards of depth when you have two high shells. That's what the safeties are for. That's their job to prevent the deep passes. It was it was frustrating, man. I like I mentioned, I, I thought they did some really good things against the run. I thought Tony Pollard for the most part was was bottled up. You know, this team loses Sebastian Joseph Day for the most for most of the game. And I thought Austin Johnson had his best the best game of his season. Mm-hmm. Thought Nick Williams had a good game. He had had the sack, obviously. You know, Khalil had his sack, Morgan Fox had two sacks. Like I thought the defensive line played really, really good. And you had the fourth down this the fourth down stop of the tush push. Like the defense did for the most part, everything that you would have wanted. It's just like you you keep on giving up these these same kind of problems, keep on popping up on third downs. And it was very, very fixable tonight. And again, I think if we had known, you know, like two weeks ago, like, hey, you know, when the Chargers play the Cowboys, they're only going to give up 20 points. We would have taken that. And but it's just like the way that we got here was the frustration. Like, you know, in mm-hmm. a vacuum, the Chargers lose to a lose to the Cowboys team that I picked to win, to go to the Super Bowl. I, I think you probably feel fine if this was two weeks ago, but it's just the way that we got here today. It felt like such a winnable game, and you just have some little tweaks here and there, and th- this team is three and two instead of two and three. Hey, what's up, Chargers fans? Make Little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before NFL games, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before Chargers kickoff. Hey, it's Tyler from the Guilty as Charged podcast. I'm here to talk about prize picks. Prize Picks is a skill-based, real-money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. Watch your progress update in real time, win up to 25 times your entry amount, and cash out your winnings with quick scoring, settling, and withdrawals. Prize Picks offers frequent discounts, bonuses, and other exciting offers. Players can enjoy community-wide promotions, including weekly promotions like Taco Tuesday and Flex Friday. I've loved using prize picks so far. This week's I've got Justin Herbert with more than 284.5 passing yards and Keenan Allen with more than 82.5 receiving yards. To make your selections, go to prizepicks.com guilty and use code guilty for our first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com guilty and use code guilty for a first deposit match up to $100. It's more fun to be there live for Los Angeles Chargers football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Los Angeles Chargers and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you a 360-degree preview of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if you change your plans, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Chargers. Yeah. Um, you want to get to some of these Super Jacks? I think we have like four. Yeah, we got a bunch right now. So we really appreciate you guys ha- definitely seeing the comments and everything like that. Um, but definitely had some things that we wanted to uh, <laughs> sorry, get off to. Oh, first NFL game. <laughs> That's no fun. Uh Brooks' first NFL game uh, was the 2018 game against the Ravens, uh, the one that was like on Saturday yeah. that got a flex to Saturday night. Yeah, we were super excited. It was my first Chargers game uh, that I had been to in like at least five or six years because I went on my my church mission and lived in Utah and everything. And then uh, the Chargers came out pretty flat against the Ravens, so I get it. Brooke and I were in attendance at, against the Jaguars at home last year. We got a speeding ticket on our way home. You know, having ex- <laughs> having experiences like that is it definitely makes things not fun as a fan. Yeah, that was a. I think that was like the Antonio Gates fumble and gave them life, and like they yep. were almost there, and then yeah, and Lamar had like three hundred fifty yards passing, like it was crazy. Lovely. Uh, I'm sorry, Cassidy. Um, 
it doesn't get a whole lot better at some point to be <laughs> honest dude like you, you you have to next game you got to pick one of i mean bears if you're yeah, go to the bears, go to the bears, go to the bears game. they might not even have a quarterback they're still gonna have penalties in the defense but you know what <laughs> they'll probably win that one yeah uh max vega i feel for the charge fans that keep showing up on that game i can tell she's in she's a new fan yeah i think the fan on espn that was all the emotions right they kept on showing her <laughs> she was like so stressed and then she was so happy when they scored and then they showed her at the end and she's just like completely deflated like that is all of us tonight for sure yeah she was awesome i wish they had won because that would have been such a great story <laughs> you know we got um i think they found aiden on the fan cam um obviously at, at saw it on Oculus. Yeah. Um, they found him, I think, during a loss against Kansas City. I believe that was that game. Yeah. So uh get it, you know, maybe she works into this somewhere. Um, yeah. but she was she was awesome. Like I, I love the excitement, the anxiety. She was every emotion. I and I empathized with her immediately. Right, let's get to the next one here. I guess I can do it too uh joe cruz appreciate the super chat uh, i feel like we've talked a lot about coaching so far tonight so we'll we'll move on to the next one uh jesse just with the super sticker looks like appreciate it as always joe if you want to ask another question feel free just throw it in the chat and we'll answer it yeah uh trevor garbrandt says we had the eckler excuse the last few weeks but for the run game to not show again today seems like a bigger issue than just personnel disappointing what'd you make of the the rushing attack plan so to speak hmm. what did i make of the rushing attack plan i was gonna point this out too actually uh 16 carries from the running backs for 31 yards tonight <laughs> so not even two yards to carry yeah I, I was definitely surprised by the over reliance on austin eckler um i get that he is your best back i get that joshua kelly has not been you know super great but I felt like Kelly, even in a bad yards per attempt game the previous week, he did grind out quite a bit. And again, 3.4 yards after contact. And that's that's pretty significant. So one carry was a bit of a surprise there for him. One for Spiller, 14 for Austin Eckler. Yeah. Coming off of an injury, I know he seems you know, fully healthy by all accounts, but the, the balance, I think, is needed. Um, yeah, disappointing. This is a very good defensive front, obviously. But I don't really... It'll get easier, I guess, next week. But that's only because Dallas' defensive front is so good. It's not going to get a whole lot easier next week um, against the Chiefs. Yeah. The Chiefs are much better against the run than the Cowboys are, statistically speaking. Oh, really? Um, oh, that's yeah. <laughs> Which is great. The thing about the Cowboys is that, like, we I talked about this on the show, on our preview show, you want to have misdirection concepts. You want to get them flowing up the field and then taking advantage, you know, behind them. That's what... You know, I, I watched the Cardinals tape and I was like, man, this looks just like the Chargers plans from, you know, this looks just like the Chargers run game uh, against the Dolphins. And then, you know, I'll watch the film, obviously, but it just felt like a lot of like uh, they they ran like the tight end insert zone run a bunch of times tonight with Gerald Everett kind of motioning back and forth. Um, I would have hoped for more outside runs this game. You know, you want to try and attack and and make demarcus lawrence and michael parsons defend the run and and not jonathan hankins who's one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league at defending the run so it was it was again attack confusing i, I thought like you mentioned the the balance of running back touches definitely needed to be a little bit more balanced out there i would have liked to see darius davis get some touches you know people were really mad at the Gerald everett jet sweep i thought that was a great like just plan to try and you know open things up a little bit Mm -hmm. I would have liked to see more of, of those kind of plays. So the run game, I, I think this is today would felt like more of a, a kill and more issue, honestly, than than personnel. Yeah. Uh, from my mom. So sorry, guys. Yeah. Also, my mom went two for two, I think, on her sports best this week. Of course, she did. <laughs> um, picking like random, picking the Vikings kicker, you know, just whatever her, her prize picks. I think she was two for two. I don't know how she does it. I, I think I I think I. Missed mine, but oh well. It's all good. Uh, show low man. Fans don't understand how much Corey settles our all line down, especially two-year guards uh, on both sides. Charges missing from a strategic standpoint. They definitely do. You know, Corey is one of the best in the business for a reason. I think you watch the tape and you see Will Clapp for the most part playing at, at a fine level. 
but it's just the mental side of things. And and I, like I said, when Corey Lindsay had the, the issue, I would have hoped that Justin Herbert having a bigger role in protection would have mitigated some things, but uh, seems like the opposite. So I think going forward, like the adjustment for the Chargers has to be, you know, uh, doing some more max protect looks, having more tight ends chip in, running backs chip in, um, you know, and, and maybe condense things a little bit more than, than just relying on your five to protect to to block their four or their, or their five. And, you know, I think theoretically it should be an easy fix without Corey. You just, you have to commit to it. And I, I don't know if the charge want to do that right now. I'm also feeling it's Nick Bennett time. I know that you've already felt that way. And many fans have well, felt been that way. time. It's been time, <laughs> but after tonight, you know, I, I don't know what McKitty's role at this point is, if not a receiver, you know, like Stone yeah. Smart, I get that he's not your primary blocker, not an inline guy, but there is something there as a receiver. You know, if McKitty's only there to be your blocker and he's not blocking well, you, you got to find something else. I, I think that's part of the equation. I think if you're looking at ways to settle Herbert down or Max Protect or whatever, I think Vanette needs to start being a part of that equation. Yeah, there were the time that Herbert had to roll out because Donovan Wilson was basically a free rusher. Uh, you, you watch the replay of that and Trey McKitty is, is just completely lost and it's, it's a big issue. So we'll see where the charges are at from a trade deadline standpoint, but we got to do something different here. You know, whether that's Fanette, whether that's trading for somebody, they got to make something up. And I think that's also part of the reason why the Chargers are not able to run the football because they don't have a truly above average run blocking tight end right now. You know, I think Donald Parham and, and, and Joe and Everett, they try hard, and I think they're like serviceable in a pinch, but they don't have like a true tight end one run blocker, and I think it's it's a massive issue right now. Yeah, especially with with Parham's wrist injury, even questionable as is. Yeah, seemed fine. I don't know how much he blocked today, but at least he was out there catching passes. Yeah. Uh, Jenny Bailey says that she loves your mom, Tyler. She's the best. I also agree there. Yes, I love my mom as well. She is she is the best. And again, very lucky at prize picks. <laughs> very smart. Uh, Tara says that she would say this game was 25% Herbert, 25% offensive line, 25% third down defense, 25% coaching. I think wow. that's a fair assessment. Yeah, Tara, look at the nuance in what you've said there. You were actually able to you know, talk about different factors that went into the issue, not just blame one thing like half the internet uh, sometimes does. But that's why Tara's the best. Um, cause yeah, it, it really is. It, it's all on Herbert. You know, I'm sure Dolphins fans are already firing up the tweets. Um, no, it's not all on Herbert. Is it all on the offensive line? No, I would say more so than Herbert. Um, third down defense. Yeah. Coaching overall. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I don't really have much to say after that. Uh, Charles Oglesby, when are we going to address our inability to run the ball? I feel like we talked about that, but thank you for the super chat. If you have another question, feel free to ask one. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to that one instead. Uh, Fire Staley. Shout out to Keenan for putting in the legendary effort as per usual. Dude cooked the entire game fresh off a bye, and the Chargers looked deflated. Keenan Keenan looked great, and like the two double moves that Justin missed him on mm-hmm. would have completely opened the game up. And uh, you know, he's running routes like he's you know a rookie again. It's 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 pretty crazy to watch because mm-hmm. this is I I would say this is his best season since like 2018. Yeah, at least. I mean, he really even the shiftiness after the catch, I feel like in previous years, and maybe there was some injury component to it, you know, he gets tackled, he goes down. You know, there are moments now he's slipping for a few more yards and falling forward. Everything is just clicking for him. Like the spacing seems to make more sense for him this year for whatever reason. It just seems to be working. Yeah, and he had, you know, he wanted that double move. He won the double move, the last one, so bad, the DB went out of bounds. Like he did a four roll out of bounds. (laughs) If you watch the replay, it was like really bad. He tripped, fell. And did a four roll out of bounds. That's how bad it was. And all he had to do was, you know, beat the one safety. Um, would have caught the football easily, and then just, you know, beat the safety. In which Keenan, being as shifty as he has been, probably would have. And there were two opportunities for touchdown. Two. We're talking like a three touchdown Keenan Allen game here. If Herbert just hits the wide open shots there, and he yeah. didn't. Real, real bummer. Real bummer. Yeah, I thought he played. I thought Keenan played great tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard, uh, bottom line, when it was third and 19, I just knew somehow, some way we would not get off the field. And that feeling I get on those plays makes it hard to watch this team. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's all Staley, but what do you, uh, we, we kind of talked about this a little bit. You know, there is just some kind of 
deflating feeling when the Chargers defense gets on the field sometimes in these situations and the penalties mm-hmm. are a very key problem right now. Yeah, there it's it's unfortunate that for the last decade, I mean, I'm sure past that, but as, as long as I've been really following the Chargers for the past decade, it's it's a joke when there's a third and something significantly long that you should not convert. The Chargers are going to find a way to let them convert. You know, we saw it against the Raiders in week 18. We saw it, you know, Ravens and Raid Rice way back in the day. Although, who was the Ravens player that said that he thought he was actually short? It was somebody who actually, like later, was just like, hey, I think he was short, by the way. Anyway, long recently? Yeah, I think like last year, someone was like, oh, by the way, I think actually Ray Rice was short on that one. Um, I thought it was funny. Sounds like uh, Tori Smith, who's active on Twitter. Maybe, maybe. Um, And then obviously today and many other days, just, oh, here it comes. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, the thing went wrong. And unfortunately, we knew exactly what it was. You know, gun to your head. Hey, what do you think is going to happen on third and 19? Okay, it's a bad thing. What do you think is going to happen? And we would all say somebody in the secondary was the pass interference holding illegal contact, whatever. And lo and behold, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, me and Brooke were talking about during the game that when it comes to these third down situations, the Chargers either like get a sack, they get an interception, or it's like they give up a big play, they give up a big penalty. It, It never feels like there is like a middle ground there. And that's not true. Like we talked about, Chargers defense has made some plays on third down, but it just it feels so deflating, deflating sometimes watching this third down defense. Yep. Um, New Jersey Savage, we'll get to a bunch, a bunch of these kind of quicker here. Appreciate all of you guys again for the support. Uh, why can't we have nice things? Is there any hope for this season? I'm annoyed I but I just bought this jersey just for us to be the same old Chargers. What the fuck? Hopefully you bought a jersey of, I don't know. That's, that's why I don't like buying jerseys or I buy throwbacks, you know, where it's like Junior sale. You'll never be disappointed. He's awesome. He's a legend. <laughs> um, is there any hope for the season? I think I said after the minnesota game that while they did win and while i thought they would beat the raiders it felt like the season was cooked even if they won the next two games which they did the vikings and the raiders i just i don't i don't know you know and i think the chargers without even playing today their playoff odds went down by five percent and then they played tonight and lost and so I i don't know where that currently is but surprise the chiefs are at top of the division and actual surprise the raiders have a better record than the chargers right now yeah to be fair much easier schedule but um you know they they played the patriots yesterday so that's where they're at um hope for the season like i I still like i don't know how my feelings change here we'll get to that point but you know i said on this show last week the chargers needed to get through the packers game five and five and then you can theoretically make a run with two games against the broncos a game against the raiders a game presumably against the the Chiefs who are probably resting starters in week 18. You just got to get to five and five. That's what you got to do. Whether or not I feel like that's going to happen, I, I think is a different kind of conversation. But, you know, I, I think there is hope. Yeah, like the Chargers can still fix some things and and get get to the point that, that they need to. If you're talking about hope in terms of like winning the division, yeah, that, that probably is not happening. But, yeah, you know, this team can still make the playoffs. But there are... 12 teams ahead of them in the AFC right now. Like the AFC is Oof. a legitimate cluster. Um, heading into this morning, there were 13 teams with a 500 record or better in the AFC out of 16. Now there are 12. So Chargers got to get back on track. And listen, man, if they beat the Chiefs next week, then we're having a different conversation. Yeah. One and one over the next two weeks is, is fine, but now they have to win. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, about a good jersey, though. Uh, you know, hopefully it's a, it's a, a more positive jersey buying experience than than the implication is here. Uh Sessi Nestpa recover. Why was Herbert sidearming so much tonight? Uh, the Cowboys rushers were in his face all day long. Yeah, a couple of good ones. A couple of good ones. Really impressive yeah. arm angles. Uh super sticker from Dorian. Appreciate it. Uh thoughts on Herbert's many misreads this season from Miguel. I think it's partially a product of not only being new in this, but having to learn the ninth new offense of his college and NFL career, which have differed and drastically changed stylistically over the course of different seasons, different playmakers, different head coaches. You know, it it is very, very difficult for him. And I think at some point we have to admit that Herbert is just 
has too much in his brain and too many different systems in his brain. And then you're finally getting a groove and now you lose Corey Lindsay and Mike Williams. One, your leader on the line and two, your easy button on the offense. That's tough. So I think that I thought they kind of had it figured out, but I guess just Keenan versus eight person blitzes and cover zero was a pretty easy thing for them to figure out against the Vikings. Um, that kind of fooled me. I, I thought that they really, at that point, figured it out in the passing game and everything. Um, and again, this Cowboys defense is very, very good. But yeah, it, it's not been great. Yeah, I mean, we declared that the Vikings game was the best game of his career, and I still stand by that. But I, I think what was so good about that game is that Kellen Moore had a really nice balance of easy buttons and then great Herbert plays. Like it wasn't like Herbert didn't have to be mm. perfect. And tonight it felt like Herbert had to be perfect or the offense was not going anywhere. And so I, I think the easy buttons are needed when you have uh, a team like the Cowboys or the Dolphins who are getting consistent pressure against you. So that that was an issue tonight for sure. But again, Herbert did not play well. I think this was pretty clearly his worst game in, in recent memory. Um, Jesse Aguilar, were you going to talk about Jasir on CD all game? Wide receiver one on CB three. What do you make of the, that part of the defensive plan? I mean, what's the alternative if Dean Leonard is hurt too? Like, okay, I'm sure there are alternatives in terms of what you could do before the season, but you you jettison JC, so I think you're, you're just stuck. Like, that was it. And I think the Chargers need to make a play there at some point, especially if Dean is still hurt. Because I just think that Jaw right now is, again, we saw in special teams, that role is awesome. And in a few years with more time, I think Jaw could develop into that guy. But yeah. they they really do need something better in the slot right now. Um, it's just kind of a liability. But then again, like, didn't feel like anybody else was playing well either. So, yeah. Listen, man, uh, Chorizo uh, pointed this out too. Like, the special teams play you know, it gave them a chance. It really did. <laughs> and if that play doesn't happen, the chargers probably are in a much different situation tonight from a scoreboard perspective. Um, I, I think just is, is taking some lumps and CD lamb is a really, really great player. And I don't think he's like a top five receiver, but I think he's probably in that top six to eight conversation right behind those guys. Um, and he plays in the slot. That's, that's his position. You know, similarly to how Keenan Allen plays in the slot, and he's going to have some tough, some easy matchups on each week because he plays in the slot. Um, I would have liked to see some shaded coverages. I would have liked to see some uh, mixing up of the personnel against him. So I, I think you can make that argument. But here's a young player, and he's taking some lumps. And he's, he's probably a, a little in over his head against a player like CeeDee Lamb. I think that's a fair conversation to say. Mm-hmm. Um I think right now from Jasir's standpoint, like ideally his role would be kind of like a situational blitzer, situational run defender, and then special teams. He's so good at special teams. Um, so he's he's taking some lumps tonight for sure. Mm-hmm. But they literally did not have any other choice because Isang Bassi was the next corner in line, and that would have been a, much more of a train wreck. Yes, yes. Um, Bryce Callahan's still out there. I don't know if they'll. I don't know if they'd admit that and switch course. I don't think they they won't. But the Manning cast, yeah. They there's never been a Manning cast for a Chargers game. Which I never watched the Manning cast anyway. But is Peyton worried he'd get intercepted again on prime time or (laughs) or what? Cromartie can't hurt you anymore. He still he still hates the Chargers. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Herbert dinged up on the hit to the helmet. Was he? Oh, yeah. I can't remember what the play was, but he he did get he hit slid against Curse. Yes. Oh, and the uh, penalty. Yeah, her. And I think uh, Dak got hit. his neck hurt too. Yeah. Uh, uh, Morgan, Fox, Morgan Fox's sack. Yep. He had like mm-hmm. a heating pad or whatever. Uh, your dad. Best thing about the Chargers is the GAC podcast. Appreciate it. Shun family showing out tonight. As always. Thank you. It's the Oculus. <laughs> that Oculus is is beautiful, man. It really is. <laughs> it is. Uh, Christian Hernandez, wide receivers slash tight ends get no separation, need to overhaul weapons. I disagree with that statement. I don't disagree, especially if Jalen Guyton comes back, that helps you. I don't know if the tight, the tight ends really... The tight end group, I wouldn't mind. Um, I don't think it's really a separation issue as much right yeah. now. 
um, with with Gerald Everett. But the side end blocking unit, hundred percent overhaul that shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and I wouldn't mind like a you know a a route runner type at tight end. Um, it's not really. I mean, Everett has thrown a couple of things before. I've been surprised by them, but he's more of like a, a yak guy than he is like a, a run routes and you know sort of guy. So yeah. Yeah. I think if you if you have Gerald Everett as like your tight end one, I, I think that can function. I think that can work. You have to give him opportunities to create yards after the catch because that's his role. But the thing that you can't have is him plus another tight end who's who's not a, and a real established blocker, and that's what they have. And then they also have a third tight end who's not a great blocker and a fourth tight end who's not a great blocker. Like you, you have to have higher quality blockers if you're going to have a tight end one like Gerald Everett or Donald Parham as well. Yeah. Okay. We have 26 super chats guys. I've we've never had this many before. Um, feels like we're going on a tangent. Another one here from Miguel. <laughs> uh, you guys always chill me out. Plus help me decompress after a stressful game. It's easy to be stressed after, but you guys have a great balance of frustration plus chill. We definitely border between being a little boring, but also not letting the, the, the heart monitor go like this the entire <laughs> you know time we talk so also it's you know 10 o'clock and the charger's lost yeah. and my air conditioning's off so um yeah, i can't i won't be too excited yeah yeah man i, I appreciate the support and the, the super chats tonight we just got a couple other ones <laughs> you guys are awesome it's, you'd be it's really fantastic yeah <laughs> <laughs> guys <laughs> um we appreciate you guys so you know it's um Whenever the game ends, whenever that game ends, I'm always just like, oh, fuck it. I don't want to talk about this game right now. I need like I need some time. But um, luckily, we take like a little bit of a break. You know, Tyler had to drive home and, you know, I'm able to like sit there and, and really like collect my thoughts and things like that. So, you know, once we start recording, you know, I'm in a much more objective place. But, you know, if you asked Brooke how I was feeling like an hour and a half ago, <laughs> we'd be having a different conversation right now. Yeah. <laughs> No, like I, I don't want to live do a game. That's just me, you know, sitting no. with a defibrillator. Or my, my my wife just sitting there with the pads ready to go and just like jump starting my heart after I have a heart attack. You know, nine one one on standby. No, and I also like when I watch a game, I I have to like stand up. Like I get so anxious <laughs> and frustrated yeah. if I'm like sitting down for too long. I I can't do it. Like I like. I'm on the edge and really the only times I'm like sitting down are when it's like a timeout or fourth quarter or whatever. Um, last year when we were without Wi-Fi and TV and I had to go watch all the games in my in-laws house, they would always get mad at me because I'd be standing up and yelling and running around and everything like that. And, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, this is just how I watch football. Like I can't sit yeah. down or as I'm just going to go crazy right now. Yeah. That's my dad. It's never, it typically tends to be a bit unhappy when he's unhappy with the Raiders. Um, yeah, yeah he, he's very much a, a walk up, get around, clap the hands kind of guy. And I just sit there and sulk, you know, waiting yeah. for the inevitable doom. Yeah. The first, like the first few times that I watched football with Brooke, she like would film me and like put me on Instagram and she's like, what is, what is this guy doing right now? And I'm like, this is just who I am, babe. Like you gotta, you gotta handle it. Yeah. <laughs> for richer or for poorer, for Sundays or for Saturdays, for wins or for losses. I think that was in the vows. So. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll get to some of these other ones here. Um, we're doing hypothetical what-ifs questions now. Okay. Uh, Chargers pick Mahomes instead of Williams. How different would life be? About the same, man. Does, does Mahomes do Mahomes as get Andy well? Reid in this situation too? No, he gets Anthony Lynn era, and he gets – I mean, I don't know how long he sits behind Rivers. You know, like I don't remember when Rivers' contract, they could have had an out or whatever. So I don't know how long he sits and learns, but like he doesn't get any read in that situation. Um, by the time Mahomes is playing and starting, he gets what the the 2019 2020 special teams unit and the prevent Ooh, defense. Mahomes you know, behind that 2020 offensive line, man. What a, a Dan Feeney, Forrest Lamp, Michael Schofield, not the same as uh, Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey and and those guys. No, no, not the it same. Is not. Yeah, it's not. There's an argument to be had that Mahomes could overcome a lot of issues, right? But not that many. Uh, Tara says, jump aboard my draft uh, Patrick Herbert to the Chargers campaign. Listen, man, he's a tight end. He blocks well. 
I'm all for it. They have chemistry, right? Natural chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. Can't say they don't have chemistry. That's not an issue. There was a meme that went live after the after that game because people started to realize who he was. And um, basically, Patrick Herbert looks like Justin Herbert if he were. I forget the thing now. Witness totally protection, blanking. right? Witness protection. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's got that little little mustache thing. Yeah, that's funny. But uh, yeah, I'd be all for it. Yeah, not early because I don't think he's that good. But you know, take a flyer on him as a blocker. I'm cool with it. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Loomis, what is happening with the offensive line? The penalties and constant pressure is becoming a problem. It is again. Some of the penalties I thought were were trash tonight. Yeah, Zion, Zion's hold was like, I don't. What happened? I, I, he reset. He, I didn't see the holding issue. penalty penalty on Rashawn too was ridiculous. That was bad. That was bad. They were just calling everything. I mean, again, they had, they had 20 penalties tonight between both teams. It, it felt like every other play there was a penalty. Yeah. Because there were a bunch that were declined too. Right. No, it, it was it was bad. It was. I can't believe we actually got – I got home by nine because that game was going forever with those penalties. Yeah. Um, We'll see. I, I want to go back and watch some things and see the common threads here. But, you know, it just feels like – always in the fourth quarter there's just some some real struggles from the offensive line and in pass protection against the dolphins against the titans and then again tonight so we'll see if i can go try and find a a common thread at some point this week Uh, i have another one from your your mom you guys are awesome appreciate you miss andrea you are awesome as well Oh, man, we got a Cowboys fan in here. How about them Cowboys? Well, I appreciate it. We had a Dolphins fan give us a super chat, too. So you know, I, re- I respect it. I, I would never hop into a Cowboys uh, YouTube channel right now and uh, and give them a super chat. So JL channel, thank you. I respect it. You know, hopefully you guys beat the Niners at least. Eventually. Eventually. All right, I think that's all the super chats, man. That was like oh, we got one more. Well, I don't know. Uh, I'm not answering well. that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. All right, Tyler. Any other other final thoughts before we head out? Can I get a 30 second explanation for what ineligible man downfield <laughs> is? Because I swear I just don't get it. Like I get it, but I don't get it. Because that killed like two penalty or two plays, it's yeah. it just what what is what is it? The- theoretically, there's supposed to be like a little grace if like you're like trying to block somebody and then you like realize and you try and get back. I'm not saying like you run down ten yards and you get back. Like sure, if you're at three and a half yards and you're like, oh shit, I gotta get back. Theoretically, the refs are supposed to give you some grace. Because it's incredibly difficult to go from I'm blocking this guy to oh shit I gotta get back, like it's just not like a natural thing. So um, theoretically, there's supposed to be some grace there, but it feels like a real point of emphasis from the officiating crews this year. And I saw I did see a stat that this particular officiating crew like leads all officiating crews in offensive line penalties like by a wide margin, and I think we saw a lot of that tonight. Um, so yeah, the, the ineligible man downfield is really being harped on. And I think it's a tad ridiculous because like it it had no impact on the play. Like Zion Johnson being three and a half yards downfield (laughs) blocking somebody had no impact on what happened to Joshua Palmer on the outside. Like it just, it doesn't make sense to me. Like obviously if you're in a traditional drop back and somebody's three yards downfield, great. Throw the, throw the flag. But it's a run pass option. Like you, you gotta have some grace there. I think, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay, thirty-two super chats. That is a record. We got through yeah. those. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, seriously. All right, must win game next week. Fair to say. It's basically the season because it doesn't get a whole lot easier anyway. Even after that, you're gonna go play. You know, the Jets who just beat the Eagles. Yeah. You got to play the Lions pretty soon, the Ravens. So, yeah, next week is kind of it, man. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Man, and we got to listen to Tony Romo, too. 
Do people in the chat like Tony Romo still? I feel like he was so popular and now people are do not really like him. I don't listen to I don't watch enough games to care. So I, I, yeah, I, that's I, fair. I mean you're you're in the stadium for half the games. That's that's really Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Troy Aikman was something tonight. Even Joe Buck looked at him and he's like, Are you okay? Like, something's <laughs> off tonight. Like when Joe Buck's like, Are you okay, dude? Then uh, I've always felt like player, like former players should not be allowed to call games of their former team. Like same thing with Romo. Yeah, goodness gracious. Greg Olson, you know, Trent Green, like they don't get to call their former team's games. I, I think that should be a mandatory change. Can Romo say Tuipolotu? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> we had a new, we had a new one. We had a new one yeah. tonight from Troy. Uh Tuipolotu. Tui Poloto was the one. I was like, okay. <laughs> we got to get these broadcasters a uh, uh, pronunciation sheet. It's not yeah, that hard. That's a U. That's an O. You guys are you're getting there. Like, yeah. I'm surprised uh, we haven't gotten like Tui Potato or something like that. Oh, that'll be there. <laughs> is, there is there? No, there's no team in Iowa. Just like a Midwestern coverage. Yeah. Yeah, but... We'll see, man. Chargers gotta gotta figure it out next week. Big game, a better defense, in my opinion. Uh, uh, the revenge game. Yeah. Anybody looked at how Drew's been playing lately? I haven't heard anything since week one. We all made fun of him. Uh, he, he looks pretty, pretty good well, last man. Week, man. <laughs> he's, he's playing pretty good. Playing pretty well. Uh, yeah. Oops. All right, you guys. Uh, appreciate the turnout tonight. Appreciate the uh, super chats. As always, you guys are fantastic. Uh, we will be recording for the team tomorrow night, um, and that will be going live on Wednesday. So we'll uh, hopefully have some some more you know, in-depth look at the team and where they stand. And then we'll have our uh, preview for the Chiefs game on Thursday on our channel. Um, please make sure you are, are watching all of the other videos that Alex, Alex, and Arjun are doing. Um, each of them are doing great work, and Jameson as well, who's, who's doing some fantastic work breaking down the injuries. Um, you know, they're all putting in a lot of work to put quality content on the channel, and we uh, are really grateful for their efforts as well. So make sure and uh, shout out for them too. Um, appreciate everybody for tuning in. That's going to do it for us tonight. We'll see you next time. As always, bolt up. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.